Welcome to the More Than Books podcast. It is 2017. Joel, who is with me? How you doing? Eh, pretty good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's our first week back uh, after the break. It is. We're trying to relearn how to do this stuff. Well, we took a break during December. So many of you might have noticed that uh, we just weren't recording during the month of December. And that's because uh, it's the holidays and we're closed quite a bit during December. It just doesn't, like, we have a lot of work going on to finish up for the end of the year. So it just, there just isn't a good time to record. And uh, yeah, one thing that, you know, since December's over, we just recently had to start working on our quarterly statistics. And that kind of leads into uh, the topic for today a little bit. Yes, we're going to be talking about library statistics. Yay! Partially. <laughs> That's not the actual Ugh. full topic, but, you know, it provides a nice uh, nice context for the topic. It's not, it's, it's the boring side of library <laughs> science. Um, I know it's tough, and maybe some people are super into it. They just want to see, like... I mean, some of it's cool because, like, how many books did we check out? And, you know, how many how many hours uh, have people were people spent searching on our website? How many people entered the physical building? How yeah. many people used a computer? How many like, people used a study room? Like, we can't. We count everything. Everything. How we, many books did we process? Now, how many books did we remove from the remove? collection? Yeah. Um, and we just want to say, like, all this is anonymous stuff. Like, this is just pure numbers. Yeah, yeah. We're not counting, you know, we're not paying any attention to really direct demographic information. Nope. Like, just a pure statistical number. And that's yeah. it. And it's mainly just to, you know, get a count of how our services are being used. Yeah, we want to know how well we're doing. We can't make improvements if we're not measuring things. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's... I don't remember where I I heard this phrase, but it's something along the lines of if you're not measuring it, it's not important. <laughs> so it's important. Yeah. So this is something that almost every library does in some capacity. Has to. Yeah. <laughs> more a lot of them, than, you know, more often than not, has to. <laughs> particularly if they're you know a public library or well, even in academic libraries, they we have reports that we need to turn in. Um, it yep. goes into our accreditation. Yeah. It goes into funding there's a lot that these statistics are required for absolutely yeah. so if we if you don't if we're not doing them it's bad i mean we're not gonna the state's gonna get real mad at us <laughs> we gotta do it yeah and uh if we notice that uh for instance if a database suddenly drops off in usage dramatically um that can help us identify a problem maybe for instance there was an update to that website and that database isn't working properly. And so people aren't able to actually access any items, which is why the usage is low. Or maybe that database just isn't being used anymore and we need to get rid of it right. and replace it with something that, will get that used. someone will use. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and don't get us wrong. Again, uh, we really try to keep <laughs> on top of that sort of stuff when stuff breaks. Or there are so many databases and books and stuff like this it's really it's difficult sometimes for us to keep track of everything even as library and information professionals um just because the sheer magnitude of our holdings here we can't check everything every day to make sure it's working yeah and, you know believe it or not people don't always report things if they're not working properly they yep. may think that oh this is broken all right moving on that doesn't make us look good if that happens. No. So it's important to uh, 
to get that fixed as quick as possible. Yeah, I would rather have our, our students slash customer patrons, I'd rather have them tell us something is wrong than just mosey. <laughs> then the retail business is called talkers, not walkers. <laughs> I want to know the problem. I don't want you to just accept it and walk away, which is sad because I walk away. <laughs> I am a walker, not a talker, and that is a problem. And I recognize it in myself. But we're getting a little off track. <laughs> yeah, the reason for this topic uh, right now is because there was a story that recently was published in the Orlando Sentinel, uh, and this came out last week, about uh, a group of librarians at one of their public library branches that uh, created fake user accounts and checked out items to those user accounts, and then within an hour checked those items back in in order to you know juke their stats a little bit. Kind of. <laughs> there. Are, so this is a weird story because, and it's getting a lot of press. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's kind of caught fire. A on... weirdly large amount of press. It's like, do people not know that this this is done in other libraries? I'm. I will because it, that's, that's a phrase that that the director of this library has stated is that oh this is done in other libraries. I think it is done in other libraries, but not for the intended purpose of raising circulation stats. Sometimes it's just used in-house usage for, like, hold lists or display work. Like, there are dummy accounts, essentially. They're, they're oh, not, yeah. But they're not... I think the other thing is they're not given names, which we'll get into in a second, and they're not given background information. <laughs> Let's move on in the story. Yeah, okay. So the story is titled, To Save Books, Librarians Create Fake Reader to Check Out Titles. It's by uh, Jason Reuter of the Orlando Sentinel, and uh, it takes place in East Lake County in Florida. The East Lake County Library in Florida. So um, the context, so, like the, the opening sentence is, uh, Chuck Finley appears to be a voracious reader, having checked out 2,361 books at the East Lake County Library in a nine-month period this year. But Finley didn't read a single one of those books, ranging from Cannery Row by John Steinbeck to a kid's book called Why Do My Ears Pop by Ann Fullick. That's because Finley isn't real. So... This Chuck Finley account was created by one of the librarians at that library. Yes. Um, and the stated goal, at least the librarian claims, that uh, the goal of this was because of this automated system that they have in place at the library that uh, marks materials to be deaccessioned, removed from the collection, based off their usage. So if items weren't checked out uh, for... A certain number of time they get marked for removal from the collection and i think it's two years i think if the book has not been checked out for two years somewhere either in that article or another article they they mentioned that i could be wrong but yeah yeah so and either way it doesn't matter right? it just says this is a short period here, of time. books that aren't used for a long period can be discarded and removed from the library system so it has something to do with uh, their, their collection development policy. They basically have this system in place that automatically marks items for removal. So in order to save them from being removed, uh, this librarian uh, checked the books out to this fake account and then checked them back in. It basically just raised their circulation stats on that item. Yeah. 
making it appear that it's more popular than it actually is. Or at least giving it the one tick so that it's going to stay in the collection. And as you read on in this article, it's a short article, uh, it sounds to me that really the intended purpose was not for them to increase their, their stats. It it was because they have that silly automated system, and they, if something has at least one checkout within the last whatever, let's say two years, it's it'll stay on the shelf. It won't get triggered by this automated uh, collection development software. So it's it's the the problem with this. Um, well, there's there's a couple layers of problems with this. Well, because a lot of these reports have to be turned into government changing the numbers or it's fraud basically like you're making a fraudulent account of the circulation stats and if if this was done out in the open i don't think we would be having this wouldn't have been news it would have there wouldn't have been an issue if it wasn't if if the director of that library hadn't gone to or the branch manager or what it's it's an odd situation because i think it's one library in like a county or yeah there was i think six libraries in this uh, county yeah and uh, this is just one of the branches right and so if the branch manager there had i guess there's nine city-run libraries part of the lake county library system there you go so yeah. if if the, the the branch manager there had gone to the the director of the system and had stated like listen because this is not the director right that got it's um it's it's, it's that the particular branch, branch. supervisor. Yeah, yeah, it's the branch supervisor. If he had gone to the director and said, "Listen, here's the problem with this collection development software that we're noticing. I am worried about it being removed." There's no mention of that in this article that 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 person had gone out of their way to try to communicate to upper administration like, "I don't think this is working." And had that branch manager done that and not created a fake account yeah this uh this fake account chuck finley um was named after a baseball player false that is 100 percent false that's what both stories say that i, I know no it it, <laughs> it is based off of burn notice because chuck finley is the name that one of the characters in burn notice uses as his fake name and he just he when people ask what he did for a living, he just says a ball player. <laughs> for real, like I think it's really funny is that the there's the associated, a layer upon layer, right? <laughs> the Associated Press was like, oh no, Chuck Finley, yeah, he was. I did a I did a Google search. He was this baseball player from such and such year. I'm like, do you guys not watch Burn? Have never watched I've Burn never Notice? Watched Burn Notice. Oh, it's a good sad, show because I really like the, the guy in it. It's good the old Evil Dead guy. Yes. I, I can think the name Ash Williams. Of course. That's the character. Um, <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Uh, classic yeah, B-movie actor, and, Bruce Campbell. And this is, it's Bruce Campbell's character that uses Chuck Finley, the Chuck Finley name, as a alias. And that's what he, the alias he always uses. Which, in the world of spies and espionage, is a bad idea. <laughs> Maybe change up your name occasionally, Bruce Campbell. Um, so I thought that, was, that caught me off guard when I was reading these articles. And partially, because this, 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 this story has blown up on our books on Reddit, which I know we get a lot of our ideas for stuff from Reddit. I apologize. I spent a lot of time on Reddit because it's collated news. There's I don't not know. A, a very good content aggregator out there 
No, even Reddit's not that good. It's, Reddit's not it's great. Full of junk, but <laughs> yeah, it's there is a lot of a lot of chaff in that wheat, but it's at least gives us an idea sometimes uh, when we are struggling to find something uh, that's interesting because I mean, the holidays are a little quieter for a lot of this sort of stuff, and this kind of came out of the blue. And yeah, so Chuck Finley, they, Bird they, Notice reference, pretty yeah. funny. So uh, they 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 gave the. The fake account, the name Chuck Finley. They put in a fake driver's license number. That's super fake, not cool. Fake date of birth. Fake Bad. like fake information. Why? A Why? Whole account of fake information. Oh, um, such a bad idea. And yeah, if I really wish they hadn't done that. That <laughs> is the problem. That is that is probably the bigger issue. Is that they created a fake patron. Well, that's part for of the problem, this, right? For this particular act of uh, i don't know falsifiedity that's the, not a word the other problem is that um the the library system receives a percentage of their funding based off their circulation levels which of course and all right go ahead the amount of fake uh, or the amount of fake circulation statistics that this added it was 2361 ended up being something like a four percent it was like a four percent yeah which is pretty huge for a big increase it's a really big increase um in total circulation statistics for this library yeah so i mean if they're giving fake uh fake numbers it might you know and it does say in the story that uh this particular branch would not have received the the money but circulation numbers do affect funding they do for public libraries i mean uh, it's weird that i mean because here's the thing this is very clearly an associated press like push because there's like six stories that i found and they're almost all identical like there's such there's so few facts that exist for this that it's kind of hard to write a story about it and not kind of put your own spin or perspective on it. So some of these sto- – it's, it's interesting to read though because some of the stories have a bias against the library and some have a bias for the library. Yeah, there's a lot that are saying that, yeah, this is – you know, these these rogue librarians are <laughs> – Rogue librarians. I know. <laughs> are are uh, saving – you know, are, are trying to save books, which is, which is good. And I do agree that that is good. Yes. Uh, I am all for librarians saving books that they think will be circulated again in the future. Like, yeah, especially classics like a John wait, Steinbeck novel. Yeah, would. waste is terrible. Yeah. And that's something that all libraries should strive to remove. And just getting rid of a book because it hasn't been checked out for two years, even though it's a classic, it, you have to just know that it's going to come around or it's going to get on a book report or someone somewhere is going to want to read that classic. Uh, and if it's not in public domain... There's, there's a really good reason to keep it then. Like, if it's in public domain, you're like, well, you can find ebook versions of this or cheap copy prints. It's not as big of a deal for you to hold on to that old copy.
Well, here's my hot take on this. A hot take? I have a hot take on this. Uh, this should never have been a thing in the first place because the librarian should have had the power to retain any item that they wanted in the collection, regardless yeah. of the circulation stats. That's what gets me about this whole story. <laughs> I'm like, why is this librarian getting lambasted by the press? The, sh they're a professional. They have a master's degree, probably. Not not always, but probably. A lot of the time. A lot of time if you're a branch manager. So they should have the 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 fortitude and really the the ability to justify holding things in their collection. It's really mm -hmm. stupid that this is even a story. Like we mentioned circulation stats or uh, library stats in general at the beginning of this episode. And they are important. I mean, we have the ones that we have to turn in. Uh, but when it comes to collection development, they need to be, they need to be guidelines. Like, you, you can't make your decisions for collection development based solely off of uh, the stats. They're there to guide you to see what, uh, what types of items might get more circulation and maybe get more of those, maybe buy less of other things. But it's... that doesn't necessarily mean... You have to get rid of these if they haven't been checked out in two years. Yeah, there's a lot of factors that go yeah. into removing a book. And just circulation is only one part of that puzzle. And it's it's really unfortunate that that is the main identifier that they're using. I mean, there are other easier factors like, oh, this book is gross. It's falling apart. It's falling apart. It has a broken spine. Pages are falling out. Right. Yes, of course. Yeah. We're not, why would you keep that on the shelf? That's ridiculous. A baby threw up on it. Yes, all of that. <laughs> Get rid of it. A dog chewed it up. Okay. I know. We're done. <laughs> These are all things I've seen. <laughs> uh, yes, of uh, as, as have I. Uh, so usage is only a part of that, but then you have to, you have to ask yourself, you know, is this book... Does this book have good information in it? Is it going to have potential use in the future? Is it just being overlooked? Is it is it just not in favor right now? I mean, is it does it just need to be put on display? Does, does people not know that we have this book in our collection? Um, is there an up-and-coming TV series that we've heard of? Why would we get rid of this classic that's probably going to go bonkers crazy in about two, three months? I mean... Uh, case in point, um, uh, Miss Chatterley's Lover had a... No, that, that was an old TV show. There was another romance story recently that we had a bunch of old books, uh, old copies of. And all of a sudden, they just went out through ILL like crazy. And I'm like, why is this happening? And then I heard someone say, like, oh, they made it into a, a BBC TV show or, a, or public access or something. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense now. But, I mean, we had really old copies, but I think some of those people were kind of probably appreciative that, oh, hey, this is kind of a, an early uh, print of this copy. Um, I can actually read the story, you know, have, not having it gone through the uh, filter that is, you know, a reprint because you never know if they're going to change things or not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a very small moment, but we, we always take a lot of care when we are removing a material from the collection, sometimes they're no-brainers, you know? And, like, this book is bad. If you have, like, a Windows networking book from 1998. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that you got to get rid of. Literally has... Information is literally not good anymore. Zero value yeah. to anyone. Uh, and it is 
taking up valuable space on our shelves. Because we have a small library. Uh, a lot of academic libraries have a collection development policy where they don't get rid of anything because it has historical value still. Because um, academics oftentimes will compare how things have changed in the years since something was published. Uh, but yeah. because we're not a research library, um, that's not necessarily part of our collection development policy. Nope. And we can get rid of old, outdated materials. Yeah, um, we are, yeah, exactly, Joel. We're not a research library. Um, there are many in this state. There are many in this city. So don't, if someone wants to do uh, real deep research, and especially historical research or something, there are other locations that have those materials. And are, I, I should rephrase that. We are a research institution. Okay, like, yeah. We, are, we have, we, people do research at our library, but we're not a high research institution. We're not publishing things left and right. Yeah. We're not doing, like, medical research. We're not doing... Right, we're not yeah. University of Omaha, or not Omaha, uh, Nebraska of Omaha. We're not University of Iowa. We're not Creighton. We're not Creighton. All of those schools, those larger state-funded schools predominantly... Uh, do have their own printing press, their own university press that they produce materials for study elsewhere. That's just not what we do. Yeah, yeah, that's not the focus of this university. Um, that's not generally this university's mission. Yeah, that's a good, good, good backpedal of Jill. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I didn't. I don't want to say that we're not a research library. We are. We all are libraries yeah. are research <laughs> institutions. Uh, to one extent or another. However, that is not our focus. <laughs> Moving uh, on. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this this uh, story also says uh, the, the inspector general in Florida wrote a report and they said that this creation of a fake library card amounted to the creation of a false public record, which is, that's, that's problematic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at first, I'm like, it's not really a public record, because they're not public. Because they're not public. Yeah. That was the one thing that struck me in that particular portion of this article. I I was like, no, they, no one else is going to see this. The, it, all of this, I mean, if you think you can get a uh, into our systems to take a look at our patrons' information, you have another thing coming. <laughs> yeah, there is no public... Uh, patron information. So available. I'm like, it's not really a public record. But maybe the general circulation stats are public record, or there's yeah. something like that, and falsifying the numbers changes that public record. Yeah, it's... I think he thinks that our our uh, patron information is public record, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, unless it happens to be in that state, which I don't think it is. I'd be really surprised because the ALA makes a very big uh, push to privacy, and privacy about your information in libraries is huge. I can tell you in Nebraska, uh, they have to come with like multiple warrants, and even then, I think we're, we'll fight it tooth and nail. Like, well, a lot of libraries like to you know purge their their records too. Yeah, I don't want to know. That's I I don't care where they they check keep out. It... They keep it in a format where you, numbers aren't tied to the actual like user accounts. Yeah, that's just it's yeah. disassociated. Once someone checks an item in, they, there's no history to look up to see what someone has checked out. I, I know in some ILSs, uh, since I've worked at multiple libraries, that 
uh, you can look at the last person that had the item, and that's it. So if you check it out to someone else and then check it back in, the the, the person right immediately before them is gone. That only helps, if, the only time that's really been useful to me uh, is if someone has uh has damaged the material i can go back and look at the last person that had it yeah or it's, if like it was returned without a, a cd in it if right it like, and it accidentally got checked in yeah. which happens a lot yeah. uh <laughs> then you can take a look at it so don't i mean that's but that's but it it's just if, that one last person if and, someone comes in if a police officer comes in even with a warrant and they ask for a patron's full circulation history most of the time libraries I, can't physically provide that i can't they, give they it to them nope because that information is not stored in any format that no, we can actually pull up if i recall correctly uh here in omaha the omaha public library you have to opt in to secondary software that is through their website to keep track of the materials you've checked out if you want to you never have to do that. As a matter of fact, to, uh, it defaults so that it does not save your circulation information uh, as far as what, what items you check in and out. Uh, just be, And why that might be important, I think some of you are like, why would the police care? Of course, uh, they could be using this in a legal battle to, uh, you know, like, hey, this person's crazy. They checked out a bunch of books about bomb making and baby eating. Uh, then they got to go to jail. <laughs> I know. It's, I know. <laughs> uh, but these are these are concerns. Your your information is important to us, and so for a library to go in and create a fake patron, not not an in-house card, not a not a dummy account that's very clearly marked as an account for that intended purpose. And what we mean by that is like an account that says like on display for when we have a book display. We know the item. We know that's where the item is. If we look right. it up in the system, it'll say on display. Because in binding or right. out for repair. Well, because we like can set those types of accounts. We can set those accounts so that they the when an item is checked out to them, they those numbers do not get added to uh, the circulation statistics. Oh yeah, yeah. So we can have those those accounts created. They don't change the stats at all. Yeah. Um, they just. Uh, let us know internally where an item is if we look it up in the system. So say there's an item that's, you know, out for binding, uh, out for repair, and a patron comes in and wants to check it out, and we look it up in the system, we can see clearly that, oh, it's checked out to repair. So we know, and we can tell them that, well, it's out for repair right now. Yeah, It's, so a lot, just a lot of parts of the story don't make as much sense as I, I would like. And we don't get the full picture as of day as as of right now and i don't know if we will uh i think it's more of a a nice sensationalized story um that weirdly puts a lot of i don't know maybe some people were hurt by this story a little bit like emotionally because a lot of people consider our profession highly regarded or they they highly regard our profession and so maybe they're like i can't believe a librarian would do this and then of course the stated reason by the director is, I'm trying to save books. I'm trying to save the classics. And, you know, I, I saw a lot of stories that 
frame this very positively. Yes. Too, like, yeah. Oh, no, that's what I mean. They're fighting against the the algorithm. The, the tyranny yeah. of the algorithm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which which I I get that. Yeah. I I'm I'm all for that. They just went about it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. They should never have had to fight against the algorithm because the algorithm should have been there to help guide decision-making processes, not to make the decisions. The librarian yeah. should have been able to say, all right, the algorithm's telling me to delete this book, but I think that we need to keep it. Yeah. And that should be fine. Done. Yeah. Mosey. Finished. Completion. I don't know why this is a topic. <laughs> it's sad that we have to talk about this, frankly, because this should never have come up in the first place. And, you know, the, the Reddit comments, some of them are, are really funny, um, especially since the whole burn notice tie-in. There's a, <laughs> a lot of people that noticed that one. But, uh, you know, other people are, are just like, oh my god, just librarians doing unlibrarian-like things, or just like, are librarians causing trouble? And I'm like... It's, librarians are always causing trouble. Well, yes. That's, that's and what we do. Not that much trouble, really. And that's what they're getting at. It's ironic that the what they're saying. Yeah, it's it's a little silly that this is a big news story and should never have been one, <laughs> but the that manager went about it the wrong way and for whatever reason five or six websites that are especially websites that are kind of pro library picked them up. Like, I don't know, I think the Atlantic did one, Ars, Ars Technica. Um, what is the one? What is that one? The, um, I can't remember what the, the main one that I found out recently. Because there's one, there's a thread right now in our books, and it's tied, I think, to an Ars Technica. I mean, I guess I could go look it up right now, but can I go look it up? Yeah, I don't. We have, we'll, we'll have a, a list of links. Well, yeah, in the you, show you can notes, go to link. We'll, I'll, I'll link to the Reddit thread so you guys can read the comments if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they tell you not to read the comments. Actually, to, I don't know. I've already read this story like six times because it's been reprinted the exact same way, just with a different <laughs> spin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, six times. So it's not worth really rereading that many times. So it's it's interesting to get the perspectives of some of the other people. Uh, it's also a very interesting case study in how different news organizations or different clickbait organizations frame the same story. Because you have some that are very negative on the actions of this librarian, some that are very positive, yeah. and everything in between. I think the, the Orlando Sentinel one, the original story, is probably the most well yeah, it, it's, te- it tells the facts. It tells exactly. what happened. It's it's super neutral, <laughs> yeah. which is great. And then the others are like, I can't like like librarians. Blah. The 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 wall and sky is falling because a librarian created a fake patron <laughs> and used that to try to get money. <laughs> so for their branch, that might have needed it probably. <laughs> so long story short, statistics are important. Um, algorithms are useful guides in collection development, but not the be-all, end-all. Um, creating fake accounts is wrong, probably. Yep. Yeah. But we care about your information to the point where we will protect it. Privacy is important. We we think it's super important. And collection development policies should allow for some leeway. Should. Yeah, they should serve the library, not the library serve it. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, is there anything else uh, we need to add for this episode? 
Uh, not much, because we don't have sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a shorter episode today, but uh, yeah. it hits on, you know, a very important library topic, and, you know, it, it works for us, because we're in the middle of statistics right now. Yeah. Uh, next month, I think our topic's probably going to be on CES, which is happening as of today's recording, uh, and there's plenty to discuss in that one, uh, so look forward to that. But I think that's it, Joel. All right. See you later. Yeah.